The market doesn't joke around, so why would you? Get serious. Choose Tasty Trade. Tasty Trade gives you the tools you need to make smarter moves. Dig into data with advanced charting, track profit accurately with order chain trackers, see risk clearly with curve analysis, and trade with low-capped commissions, stocks, options, futures, and more. All on one platform. No wonder serious traders choose Tasty Trade. Join the club, genius. Tasty Trading is a registered broker-dealer and member of FINRA and SIPC. I spoke to one VC investor this morning that said that some of the founders were actually lining up at the bank, at bank branches, excuse me, to try and get cashier's checks. That's how desperate the situation here is on the ground. And there's a lot of questions that people are just trying to figure out right now, continue to try and figure out. But what happens to the tech ecosystem because of this failure of the most important bank in the Bay Area, in Silicon Valley, in tech. We've said it a bunch of times this morning, but about half of all startup money goes through this bank. So its failure is integrated into the system in terms of debt financing in so many different ways. Um, Right now, I think that founders and investors are trying to figure out how much they can get out. Maybe that's only $250,000 because that's what's insured by the FDIC. On Monday, there's still hope um, that maybe someone will swoop in here. Um, But again, this is moving very, very quickly, guys, and the ramifications are only starting to be sorted out. Yeah, I think that's why uh, FDIC had that that notice for those who obviously had more uh, at stake. It does have implications for how you manage operations, how you make payroll, uh, depending on your exposure to the bank and your startup. Deirdre, who's exposed? Yeah. Do we know the list of startups? What is it, half the startups <laughs> in this country have funding I mean, exactly. from this bank? I think you can say half the startups in the country, but it goes beyond that because this is very much an American tech ecosystem story, but this is also a Chinese tech ecosystem story because a lot of the startups, and we know that China is the second most active venture capital market in the world, a lot of them turned to Silicon Valley Bank, which opened up operations and started to serve Chinese companies decades ago. So they're trying to figure out what to do as well here because they couldn't be served by the global banks because of rising bilateral tensions, because of regulations. They couldn't turn to the cities and HSBCs of the world. So there's going to be fallout here as well, guys. And this is just really only the beginning. But when you think about where Silicon Valley Bank stood here, I mean, it had a very different deposit base, right? They would loan against Mm -hmm. equity that wasn't even public yet. They loaned against the earliest stage startups, even wineries, I have to say. 2% of their loans was for something called premium wine. And that included wineries and wine producers and also to something they call innovative economic influencers. Yesterday, you were one of the first and certainly one of the most prominent to tell the VC community to not panic. What were you telling your portfolio companies? Did you advise them to stay calm and keep their money in SVB? Well, let me start with the fact that I don't believe anything was fundamentally wrong with SBB. What happened during the global financial crisis is banks were lending money to people who shouldn't have had money. But that isn't what was happening here. I believe SBB was largely solvent, hadn't uh, violated any of the banking ratios that were just talked about. What happened was a classic panic. Everybody said race for the door. And then all of a sudden you're in a movie theater, people stampeding for the door, everyone Mm -hmm. trying to get out first. So what I think the feds did today was an important move. By the regulators stepping in, they stem the outflow of cash. And I believe, I don't have any inside knowledge, but I believe you'll see this bank purchased by the end of Sunday night or soon after. Okay, Mark, as you said, everyone panicked, but when everyone was panicking, you were saying, don't stay calm. What did you tell your portfolio companies to do? 
We believe that portfolio companies should have been diversifying where they hold their money in the first place. It's a message we've always given people. You should have money in multiple financial institutions, and that diversifies your risk. I do not believe, we don't know, but I do not believe depositors are going to lose money. What we talked about it. Yeah, go on. Sorry, Mark. They may not lose money in the long run, but for cash burning startups, some of those in your own portfolio, timing is of the essence. They have to make payroll. What do you tell them, especially the ones that didn't take their money out? I mean, there was a big scramble yesterday and you were a voice saying to hold steady. In retrospect, do you take any responsibility for not telling your startups to get their money out? Deirdre, if you're in a movie theater and it's not on fire and you yell fire and everyone races out, are you the person congratulating yourself that you got out first while other people are laying on the floor? I think right now that what's going to happen is depositors are going to be made whole. We are in a problem over the next week, which is there's a period of time where people have payroll to meet and may struggle to make payroll. So we're all going to try and help portfolio companies get through this. Most sound VCs were giving the exact same advice to portfolio companies that I was. And I know that because I was on industry calls where they were saying that. So yeah. listen, end of day, we all in our in our country have a vested interest in this thing quieting and the contagion not spreading. Okay. You talked about the quality of assets at SVB Bank. Um, it is, of course, a storied name. It's been around for decades, um, hugely respected here in the Valley. But I wonder, um, did it deserve that much respect? Did they get complacent in an era of easy money and the tech boom that we've seen? Um, they had loans to wineries, to innovation economy influencers, 9% of their loans. Uh, the repayment was dependent on borrowers' ability to fundraise or exit. This is a problem that we've been seeing going on in the market for a year now. Why did they wait so long? Can you really still say at this point that they were doing everything right risk-wise? I didn't say they did everything right risk-wise, to be clear. But let's put things into perspective. Their loans to wineries are sub 2%. They are based in Silicon Valley. They've been doing that for 30, 40 years. That's not what happened here, Deirdre. What happened was they bought long-term bonds and long-term treasuries that were yielding 1.25%, and the Fed raised money. They raised the interest rates. And the interest rates now will yield you north of 5%. Let's call it 5.15%. So what they tried to do was sell their long-term positions, take a $1.8 billion loss, and then buy short-term positions. If people hadn't yelled run for the door, it would have been fine. They were going to shore up their balance sheet. They had $500 million committed from General Atlantic. And they were in a quiet period because they were trying to raise $2.25 billion. But, Mark, startups are not long-term depositors. So why were they buying long-term treasuries and not shorter-term ones? Listen, SVB understands the normal orderly outflow of cash from their business. They've been doing this for 40 years. They did not have a risk unless everyone ran for the door. What any sensible bank does, every bank They take deposits and they make money on those deposits by lending them out at higher rates. What uh, SVB did is they put them into very secure things, treasury bills. It just happens that the interest rates went up. That would have cost them money. They would have lost money on that. But their business was sound. It's only running for the door that started to hurt the uh, SVB. And regulators stepped in today to stem the outflow 
so that a purchase, an orderly purchase can be made this weekend. I'm pretty sure that's what's so, happening. So, so, Mark, the lessons are always learned in retrospect. Uh, one thing I, I would say, though, it was they were not in Treasury bills. They were in long-dated Treasury securities, as I understand it, and mortgage-backed securities. It wasn't like they were in six-month, 12-month bills. That's number one. Uh, and you said that the, that the real exposure here was when everyone ran for the exits at essentially the same time, when the depositors did. Run me through one more time. What was it? What was it that caused those depositors to hit the eject button in such uh, in such a flurry all at once? What was the proximate cause here? Was it concern about uh, uh, the the other uh, the crypto lender that was that uh, was going to liquidate? What was it that triggered it? So first of all, let me say you are correct. They had U.S. treasuries, but not T-bills because T-bills are shorter term, but they had U.S. treasuries that were longer term. But let me say this. I think what happened, and we'll only know through history, is some prominent VCs started telling their portfolio companies to pull their money out. The reason that they were saying that is, first of all, it may have been the crypto bank that went under. But I think more likely the fact that SBB said they were out raising capital, $2.25 billion, and people were worried uninformed Mm. people were worried they weren't going to have access to cash. So VCs rushed to tell their portfolio companies to head for the door. Most VCs did not do that. I want to be clear. But enough of them did it. And SBB, because they were in a quiet period, couldn't speak up. And as a result of not speaking up, panic ensued. And it ensued in less than a day. Very interesting. Fascinating. Uh, A story, a screenplay, whatever it's going to be. Deidre Boza, thank you very much. From their innovative practice facility to unmatched views from the fairway, the PGA of America is helping lower scores and elevate fan experiences with 5G solutions from T-Mobile for Business. Together, we're using AI-powered analytics to expand coaching tools and bringing fans closer to the pros with 5G-connected cameras. This is game-changing innovation. This is the PGA of America with T-Mobile for Business. Take your business further at T-Mobile.com slash now.